What's my name? Dunkachino. It's a whole new game. Dunkachino. You want creamy podcast? I'm your friend. Say hello to my chocolate blend. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Adam and Ben, new and selected, a podcast about the films of Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler. My name is Lucy, and I'm joined, as always, by my green-hatted co-host, green-jumpered co-host, Shane Kelly. Welcome to the show, Shane. Thank you. How are you feeling minutes after finishing your rewatch of 2011's Jack and Jill? I saw this as, like, a young teenager, I guess. Yeah. I would have been, what was I, I would have been 13 when it came out. Sure. Probably saw it around that time. Mm-hmm. Thought it was terrible. Incorrect. But one okay. of one of the first films I saw. The first film I saw and thought was bad was Marmaduke. This is <laughs> probably comes in like second or third. I this is when I became aware that movies were could, could be bad. Be bad. Not everything and like not are just like fun things to watch. Interesting. Much better on a second watch now that I'm twenty three. Yeah. Marmaduke. What what was so bad about Marmaduke? I don't know. I guess I was just I'd grown into a moody age where I was like, hmm. Okay. I don't like things. Right, okay. You developed a crit- critical faculty for yes. the first time in your life. No, Jack and Jill, uh, which is, by the way, the film we're discussing on today's episode. Um, me and my dad went to see it in the cinema opening weekend. Had an absolutely phenomenal time. Both loved it. <laughs> went to the lengths to tell everyone how great it was. I watched it again a couple of years after that. Liked it a lot. Caught bits of it on TV over the years. Thought it was good. Watched a bunch of Sandler's last spring no two like spring 2020 during the first covid lockdown this was uh one of them and i found it to be not as good as i remembered and i don't know what the hell i was thinking because i watched it again today before the pod and i was like this is a funny movie brandon grace funny movie it's just good jack and jill's good you can't deny that well a lot of people do deny it a lot of people do deny it and those people are heathens yeah just jack and jill's a good film and it is one of the better Sandlers of the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, hard to argue with that. It's just got like a good laugh rate. Funny premise. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll give some basic details about the film. Jack and Jill, released November 2011, directed by Dennis Duggan, who, Dugan, who directed Zohan and many others that we've talked about. Uh, stars Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, Katie Holmes, Al Pacino... Eugenio Derbez, Tim Meadows, Nick Swarsden, um, Dana Carvey, Norm MacDonald, David Spade, Johnny Depp, Regis Philbin, Shaquille O'Neal, Drew Carey, mm-hmm. John McEnroe, uh, Jared Fogel, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ruben Rabassa. Uh, an incredible ensemble of actors. Yeah. Uh, worthy of a film this brilliant, I would say. Yes, absolutely. This is not, okay, like, this is not a bit I'm doing, guys. Like, Jack and Jill is obviously not, like, an amazing movie. But when I'm saying it's good, I'm not, I'm not doing the usual, like, haha, Jack and Jill, it's yeah, so no, like, bad, it's good. No, I think this is, like, a decent comedy. Yeah, when you're watching these Sandler films, you kind of have to realize that he himself, all his buddies, yeah, they come from stand-up, they yes. come from SNL, where it's like... They're not clueless as to what makes a good No, but, like, the, the primary, the primary... Yeah. Their primary interest and experience is in writing jokes. Yes. So the film works around the jokes. This is, it of course. just kind of facilitates the jokes. Oh, the narrative is yeah. ho- hollow as anything. Like. Sure. But, like, jokes don't always land. And, like, a lot of the time, the hit rate can be quite low. Yes. But if you go into this, into these things expecting the hit rate to be, like, yeah. 100%, yeah. you're obviously going to be disappointed. Yeah. There are jokes in this film that are really appalling. And if you take them out of context, of course, you're going to see five minutes of this film and think that it's rubbish. Yeah. All the stuff at the Thanksgiving dinner is very unfunny. It's all based on Jill doing these protracted things of like, what's that movie with Jimmy Stewart? No. And they're like, it's a wonderful life. Oh, I know. But what's the, you know, it's like that shit's not. Yeah. Like you have to view this as if you're watching SNL, as if you're watching, I think you should leave. Yes. yes, All the sketches don't hit. No. But if you see one of them and like, yeah. Two of the five sketches hit you're like, that's a good Yes. It's a good effort. Um yes, I agree. So for those who don't know, basic premise of this film is that Adam Sandler plays Jack, a an advertising executive who is about to be visited for the holidays by his identical twin sister Jill, also played by Adam Sandler. Hmm. And she disrupts his family life by being very um obtuse and needy and getting in the way and being sort of forlorn about her lack of a love life 
at which point Jack uses her um, seductive powers to attract Oscar-winning actor Al Pacino to star in a Dunkin' Donuts commercial. And that's basically the plot of the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, an insane premise, uh, especially the second half, which was weirdly not in the marketing. The poster, okay, effectively enough, is Jack and Jill. And you see that Adam Sandler plays the man and the woman. But I think it was really kind of uh, a opportunity not to have Al Pacino also there. Like the Al Pacino, He is the co-lead. He is the second actor his, in it. Well, like, yeah after Sandler's two performances. But, like, I just think that, like, the Pacino stuff in it is actually, like, incredibly funny. He's really good in it. And I think if you sold him more, people might kind of treat the film with a bit more respect. Yeah, you could have done more of an anger management kind of... Yes, Sandler, Pacino. Yeah, like... Like, it's almost a waste that they used Pacino in the film that is infamous for the cross-dressing stuff. Yeah. When he is, in fact, really good with Sandler. And you could just do... A Pacino Sandler, yeah, as you said, anger management type setup. Now, a question I have is, how would you feel about this film if the character of Jack was not in it? And this film was about Adam Sandler playing a woman seducing Al Pacino. Mrs. Doubtfire kind of job. No, Mrs. Doubtfire, he's a man who dresses up. Uh, more of like... Uh, no, no, but just like dressing as a woman to get but, something. No, no, no is that no, not your? No, I'm saying that a film where Sandler just straight plays a woman, and there's no, there's no Jack. Oh, okay. And Mrs. Brown's Boys, Medea type setup. <sighs> yeah, where, yeah, they know they don't acknowledge at any point that Sandler is a is an is a man, like, and he's just playing Jill straight as a woman in a comedy about this goofy. Like, would you just have another actor playing the? jack role sure but you don't even need jack like i'm just i'm, yeah. just, I'm just curious about, about a film where the the novelty of the film isn't the fact that there's two sandlers the novelty is the fact that sandler is just playing this like monstrous caricature of an annoying woman would it be more misogynistic than this version of the film because <laughs> in this you can always just fall back on like uh, like they're twins and yeah. like, we're highlighting how they're the same person but it, i don't know there's no answer to it. I don't know. I guess, like, a part of the gag of this film is the fact that they're identical despite being... Yeah, that Jack finds her insufferable but constantly behaves just like her and yeah. whatever else. Um, I just find that stuff to be the least interesting part of the film. I think I like the I like the stuff with Jill and, and Al Pacino so much more. And not just... Sure, the, I think... I don't know. I think you need the Jack character to kind of facilitate it. You need the two. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. There's a lot of ways you could have done this that might work better, but I don't know. Um, I know it probably helps with like the marketing or whatever that you have like normal Sandler in it. Yes. Oh, it does. I mean, people wouldn't recognize Sandler on the poster if it was just Sandler. That's the thing. Um, it would be just a bit too much of a joke that it would. Yes. Anyway. So this ties in a little bit to the class corner segment that we usually do, but I think that Sandler's Jack character in this is like maybe one of the most unlikable leads he's ever played in the film, in that he is really wealthy but also wealthy for like the most sinister job ever making these corporate commercials and constantly derives humor from threatening to fire his employee who is of course like obnoxious nick swarsden who nobody likes but yeah i don't think that it's like i don't take pleasure from watching a wealthy guy like threaten to fire his employee and us be like rooting for him and I think that's something that usually Sandler is at least, even if he's middle class in a film, he's usually a bit like put down by his, he's usually working for somebody else. Yeah. And in this film, he's like, just like kind of an asshole boss. And I feel like I guess a weird role for him. Depends on if you view the Nick Schwarzen character as anti-Semitic or not. <laughs> sure. Because like, he's insulting the sister. Yeah. And he's like, you can't keep saying that. I'll fire you because you're being anti-Semitic. Yes, I guess so. So I'm like the best like he doesn't seem to be taking any joy in the fact that he's trying to fire Nick yeah, Swarzen he's, he's he's just like stop sure I mean Nick Swarzen has the most horrible disgusting fucking persona ever so he's like, not as bad in this as he is in uh, Zohan Zohan no no yeah he's but, playing like a man child no, just, like just go with it is easily the worst performance is it, yeah. just go with it he's doing a German accent for the entire film it's like absolutely insufferable um I think the best joke in this film best anti-semitism joke in this film is when he goes you can Skype us anytime. And she goes, I don't know what Skype is. That sounds anti-Semitic. <laughs> it's 
great. <laughs> is Nancy Smirk do the voice? Is Nancy Smirk do the voice? I don't know. Maybe. As I was saying to Shane when we watched it, I think that um, Jill in this film is very similar to the Lola character from uh, Netflix's Big Mouth. More polite, I guess. Well, not polite, yeah, but like... Yeah, like, more like the same kind of shrillness. I mean, Lola is obviously, like, voiced by... Yeah, same, like, Nick aggressive Roll, like, physicality. Yeah, aggressive life. physicality. I mean, yeah, these characters are, like, kind of pretty misogynistic. But, like, uh, you can't not be, really, when you have, like, these just, like, intense male caricatures of, quote, annoying women, you know? Yeah. But, like... I do think Jill's really funny. I think Jill's really funny. I think she's endearing. I think that this is a really good performance. Like, yeah, I think like I think the Jack builds... character isn't. It, he's obviously intentionally. Yes. He's not meant to be likable in this. No, like he's he's incredibly like intolerant of yeah. her quirks, which are mostly endearing. Yeah. But we're also like meant to. We're also meant to laugh at her being yeah. like, I don't even have a calculator. You know, I I feel like I was doing the voice better earlier. Um. Anyway, she comes to stay in the house. Jack's son is like this adopted kid and he is um obsessed with like taping stuff to himself right yeah he's just like solo taping door handles and stuff to himself or something and he's played by rohan chand who is also in god what a what a weird bunch this this is his entire film career yeah jack and jill yep lone survivor with mark Wahlberg. huh then he's in Bad Words, which is Jason Bateman's directorial debut in which he is, like, the co-lead with Jason Bateman. Okay. Weird, a film I quite like about, like, spelling bees? The Hundred Foot Journey, a weird, like, Indian melodrama with Helen Mirren. Then he's in Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and Mowgli, Legend of the Jungle, in which he plays the titular Mowgli. So the kid had a pretty good career. He's doing well. And now he's 18. <laughs> oh okay so now he's not working but and also Mowgli Mowgli Jungle Yoke was like not a real oh, I forgot that came out did yeah, it come out Netflix release oh, like yeah. the real like the Disney Jungle Book beat it to the release and then that one just oh came. there was two. Oh, the Disney Jungle Book was a huge success this was like a weird Andy Circus thing that got dumped on Netflix ah. that came out two years later okay yeah the Disney one was was, was a big hit I went mm. to see it in cinema it's good it has like Bill Murray singing Christopher Walken play the monkey mm. all good um so the kids are weird, and I don't know why they, the kids need to be that weird. Anyway, Sandra's wife, played by Catherine Holmes, uh, of course, uh, star of Batman Begins and uh, years-long tabloid career and tabloid fodder with her marriage ex with marriage with Tom Cruise. Um, Katie Holmes obviously overqualified to play the wife in this like almost insultingly so in the sense that like i think this character contributes in literally no way to the narrative i think this is one of the smallest wife wife wife, yeah because they don't need the female character i get yeah exactly like there is a female character in the film already yeah she's just kind of there to facilitate sandler having a family in this yeah it's so yeah she only exists so there's a place for jill to come to does the wife having a conversation with jill pass the bechtel test um, I think the wife character yeah. in this is so, sure, but the wife character in this is so poorly written. Like she has nothing to contribute. No, it, it they would get away with it if they cast Sandler's real life wife or some like unknown actress or some like very mid tier like former SNL actress. They could have cast anyone, but they cast very successful actress yeah. Katie Holmes, probably one of the like five or six most successful women to play a Sandler wife and it's like just kind of rude to have her in it I just don't understand why um mm. but I never understand why and I all I can assume that this film just offers offered everyone a lot of money uh, this movie had a budget of 80 million dollars which is quite high quite high indeed I guess yeah um I think that's that's probably the highest we've had for uh for uh, a Sandler really Sure. So what, yeah. would, what would compete? Madagascar. No. Oh, sorry, Sandler. Sandler. For a non-animated, and not Ninth Museum or something that's like yeah, like they go to blockbuster. <laughs> there's nothing that costs that much. There's like a lot of sets in this, I guess. But like half of his movies are set in Hawaii. I don't think they cost this much. I know. Is there anywhere on the internet like twenty million? That probably went on the Don Cucino commercial alone. How much did? How much did Al Pacino get paid? Oh, uh, so Sandler made twenty off of this that's insane that's ridiculous um 
Pacino, okay, he probably got like, probably got like four. Probably good for him these days. I don't know what Pacino's like deal is, right? Because like Pacino is, it doesn't do the geezer teasers the way that the other boys do, you know? Yeah. Like De Niro still makes these movies called like Deadly Kill and whatever. Pacino like doesn't really. He kind of only makes those movies if De Niro's in them. Like, Pacino yeah. tends to kind of do, like, shitty TV stuff, HBO movies where he plays murderers. Mm-hmm. He does, like, one of those a year. And then he does, like, Scorsese, The Irishman. And then yeah, he does, yeah. And then he does House of Gucci. Uh, I don't know. This is, like, 11 years ago. His career is in a different place, like, post-Irishman. I think he's, like, being offered better stuff now. But, like, this is just, like, such a... It's, it's such a great uh, use of his insanity that he had in his 70s where he was just like looked like he would yell at you at any moment if you offered mm. him a stupid role and they offered him the stupidest role ever and he the enti- spends the entire film acting like he is being tricked into being on the set but it's kind of meta because he goes like, hard like he goes hard he and, like, goes hard the whole film is like what if pacino was an angry actor who yelled at people when they turn on their phones during man of la mancha but he is or is it lear he's doing at the start it's some Shakespeare. He's doing Lear at the start, it's and it's the same fucking scene that Arthur does in Station Eleven, <laughs> Episode One. Um, but anyway, um, he ends up doing Man of La Mancha and dressing up as Don Quixote. Th- that joke is funny. I like Man of La Mancha, but as a Man of La Mancha aficionado, I must point out that it doesn't work because the whole point of Man of La Mancha is that there is an actor who goes insane and thinks that he's Don Quixote within Man of La Mancha. And Pacino in this film goes insane and dresses up as Don Quixote at the end, which is the plot of Man of La Mancha. Yeah. You can't have the real actor who's in Man of La Mancha just doing the plot of Man of La Mancha outside of Man of La Mancha. It, that, that's, that's really I feel cool. like if somebody explained that to someone else, they'd be like, oh, that's funny. The Man of La Mancha joke. Yeah. It is funny. Yeah. What's your issue with it then? My issue with it is that... It, okay, I'm trying to think of a comparison. It's like... It's, it's like... The whole premise of La Mancha yeah. is that there's a crazy actor who thinks he's Don Quixote. Yes. But Jack and Jill does that joke. About Oh, Pacino. sorry. Yeah, so it's... Jack and Jill does the same joke as the musical that he's in in Jack and Jill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just meta the, the plot of Man of La Mancha as a joke in an Adam Sandler film. Look, no one cares. I know. I, yeah. I, I just really care about Man of La Mancha. But I do enjoy mm. getting to hear Pacino serenade Adam Sandler with uh, Impossible Dream, which is yeah. a beautiful song. Uh, that whole side of this film is great. I, it's honestly kind of moving. I think it's lovely. Like, of course, Jill is this ridiculous caricature, Adam Sandler in drag performance. But there's something very nice about Pacino singing a beautiful song to this very irritating woman who everyone else has shunned that he is kind of com- captivated by. Unfortunately, yeah. the film ends with her ending up with the Mexican gardener, a character I'm not a big fan of. Um, he's only in like one scene prior and then shows up at the end because, isn't he yeah I'd say his stuff was shot really last minute because he had a he had a so basically Eugenio Derbez plays um, the gardener Eugenio Derbez yeah. had this huge hit called Instructions Not Included which was released in oh ignore me this film came out two years after Jack and Jill okay well anyway okay ignore what I'm saying <laughs> all I know about Eugenio Derbez is that he had a big hit Two years after this, as it turns out, which made more than a hundred million dollars worldwide, which probably is more than oh, Jack and Jill made one hundred and fifty. Shit. Well, anyway, Eugenio Derbez has been kind of like knocking around ever since, and shows up in Hollywood comedies every now and then. He's in the Dora movie, and he was in mm-hmm. Coda last year. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know how I feel like this character. I, I look, I'm just like not sympathetic to them having a Mexican gardener. It's like makes me hate Jack and his wife. But, like... Like, I don't think it's a super necessary resolution to the film. No, and he just, at the end, makes a joke about how he hid in a boot of someone's car to get across the border. I'm like, I don't know. Is this a good, this is a good character for the Sandler audience to be introduced to? Sneaky Mexican only man who will get with Jill? I'm not going to go into it too much. Sure. I don't have any thoughts on we, it. Like, we know we know who these films are made by and for. Yeah. It's fine. They're, they're not always going to be like, it's like on the, the ball. Like. 
it's a completely inessential character no, to the plot. Before Jill ends up with him, she goes on a date with the late Norm MacDonald as a man who's only ever introduced as his um, Match.com username FunBucket. Fun? Fun? Fun Bucket. Fun Bucket. And basically what happens is she doesn't get any matches and she gets depressed. So Jack posts her username on Craigslist. As a gymnast model. Yes. And she gets messages from loads and loads of men. And she ends up going on a date with Norm MacDonald, who is like fine, right? Like he's not creepy. And she just annoys him so much that he ends up like clinging to the ceiling of a bathroom to get away from her. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then yeah. just like... He's like whatever. hiding like Spider-Man up on the ceiling. Um, other people who show up in this. Uh, Dana Carvey... Very weird cameo. Dave Harvey, not a member of the Sandler uh, group. Uh, who does he play? I didn't. Play, I so only he, spotted him in the credits. He plays the guy who is puppeteering the stomach acid puppet in the Regis Philbin commercial, the diarrhea commercial. In oh, the at first. the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So Regis Philbin, also, rest in peace, is mm-hmm. talking about his diarrhea, and mm-hmm. there's a puppet interacting with him, and then the puppeteer sticks his head up and goes, another take, I gotta get to Sesame Street, and it's Dana oh, Carvey. Oh, that's Dana Carvey. And there's yeah, just yeah. no need for it to be Dana Carvey. But anyway, Dana Carvey, of course, very special to Shane and I, a star of the 2002 film The Master of Disguise. Um, Can you call that a cameo? That's a cameo. Is it? Ah, that, that's is a cameo not, is no. a cameo not, like, reserved for, like, someone... Dana Carvey's really famous. Is he? Wayne's World. Oh, yeah. He's the world I guess. in Wayne's World. Fair enough. No, Dana Carvey's, like, very well recognized by people, like, seven years older than you and me. That must be it, yeah. No, no, that's... I know, like, because like, I, I don't... Everything in this is a cameo, except for uh, Al Pacino, who is very much playing a real role in the film. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Depp shows up, um, everyone's favorite. Um, unproblematic movie star mm-hmm. wearing a Justin Bieber t-shirt which is maybe the least funny joke in the whole film oh I missed that joke to us. it's so I remember going to see the film and being like well that's just it's just not funny at all it's yeah Justin Bieber t-shirt a lot um Shaq is in it uh, he's in a lot of these uh John McEnroe's in a lot of these John McEnroe's like we're gonna talk about him when we get to Mr. Deeds he's in that a lot and uh pre-transition Caitlyn Jenner shows up which is uh very blinking you'll miss it moment and then jared fogel the former spokesperson for subway restaurants oh, and convicted yes. felon uh, appears talking to jill at a party of kind of full of like advertising mascot people um what was he convicted for lucy fogel was convicted for child sex tourism and child pornography charges and he is currently incarcerated at the federal correctional institution in englewood where i'm sure he frequently checks out his cameo in Jack and Jill. Yeah. On the prison television. <laughs> I hope he stays there for a while. Um anything else to say about like the plot of this before we get get to it? Uh, it's unique in that like it's a Sandler film where you get the two Sandlers. Yeah. Yeah. So you get two different characters so we can talk about. Because like when we're pre show, when yes. we're in our uh writing stage, yes. we decide on which type of Sandler we're doing this week. Yes, yes, we yes, doing yes. A, we go, yeah, you're going to like an angry Sandler or like a reserved Sandler. Or like a prestige Sandler, whatever. Yeah, there's okay. like three, this, this there's three. Yeah, this doesn't have a prestige Sandler. No. But it does have like goofy car- character, like I would say character Sandler, which yeah. is like, I'm doing a voice. I'm a stupid fucking idiot. And yeah, then, which like Zohan falls under. Zohan and Billy Madison. Yeah. And then you have Sandler is a version of adam sandler the actor yeah which is in a different job i guess kind of funny people anger management uh grown-ups grown-ups and this yeah where yeah. he's like relatable protagonist rather than goofy idiot that we're yeah, laughing, yeah. Where we're laughing with rather than laughing at or whatever yeah. you know and yeah this has this has both of those uh i did also want to shout out one of the best jokes in the film which is when pacino's oscar gets smashed and she goes surely you have others and he goes you would think, and yet no, <laughs> which is a really good joke. Um, oh, yes, and we need to shout out the other cameo. Sorry that we forgot to talk about it. Shane noticed this uh, just as we were watching it there. Ruben Rabassa is in this film. And for those of you who don't know the name, Ruben Rabassa is the guy from the I Think You Should Leave sketch where he is this old man at a focus group. It's like the most famous sketch uh, from that show. He's an old man at this focus group for cars, mm. and he basically is like, 
uh, a car that will kill your mother-in-law and all that. The this. steering wheel keeps yeah. falling off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you have no good car ideas. Like, you know the guy. Or, yeah, there's like a famous like reaction image on Twitter, which would be like, oh my God, he admitted. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is great. I follow him on TikTok. He's currently crowdfunding for a documentary about himself. Huh. I do not see that getting made. But mm. uh, if he gets the rights to use the Jack and Jill footage, maybe Sadler will show up. Maybe Pacino will show up. He's not really in any scenes of Pacino. Or he's not in any, like... No. I doubt he was there the same day as Pacino. But, Unlikely. Uh, I wonder how many days Pacino shot on this. Probably, like, two... Because he's in, like, several... Of, okay, he's in, like... Two weeks? He's in, like, four locations, right? Yeah, so he's... So he's a basketball basketball game. Mm-hmm. On stage. On, on stage. And he's in the cruise ship. And, and he shows up at the party at the end. And Don Cacino. And Don Cacino. Probably, like, two weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's in like, I don't, he's I don't in like seven scenes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how long it takes to make a movie. Yeah. Like he's he's on screen for like probably like twenty eight minutes in this. Sure, yeah, it's big. Like he's probably in this almost as much as Seth Rogen is in Funny. Pe- no, that movie is just like twice the length of this. But anyway, um, the class corner. We touched on this. We already. touched on this already. Yeah, I I feel like this character is kind of like doesn't wear his wealth very well. He is just kind of like, I don't know. It's like, be nicer to your sister. She she lives in the Bronx. You have a big fucking house in LA. Like, he should, I, okay, he does offer to put her up in a hotel, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, his shitty behavior towards his sister is, like, entirely based on, like, being irritated rather than not being uh, generous. Mm. Like, if she asked for money, I'm sure he'd. Yeah, sure. Give it to her. Sure. Yeah, okay. Like... Yeah, and, like, whatever. Uh, yeah, he's like he's wealthy in this. He's like an advertising guy. I don't have any sympathy for him because he's making ads for like stupid companies. But... I'm sure that's again like an intentional choice just to make him the more unlikable. Yeah, sure. What does she? Does she have a job? I'm trying to. I was trying to figure out. Does she have like work back home? Because I guess oh. she seems like she probably works in like a secretarial type role, right? Like she just comes for like three weeks or for a month. She's able to <laughs> just like for a month. She's yeah, she there. comes at Thanksgiving and they're oh, to leave till Thanksgiving. No, oh. she comes at Thanksgiving. Oh, I thought she came at Christmas. No, she oh, arrives right. at Thanksgiving and leaves she's after there. New Year's. Oh, right, she's there. For she's a there month. for a month. So wow. she was obviously able to leave her job for a month if she yeah. has a job. Jesus. Um, Christ. it's probably said early on. I. Just... It's weird. The movie's weird because it's um, came out at Thanksgiving in the U.S. Didn't come out in Ireland until February. Okay. I went to see it in February, like opening weekend, and I remember. Uh, God, I want to see this on the for Friday night. <laughs> I can't I, like this was this movie's release was absolute peak of me being an Adam Sandler fan. Yeah, like I got really into Sandler throughout 2011, and then this hit at the very start of 2012 in Ireland. And I remember me and my dad went to see it after school on a Friday. Yeah, oh, what a great, what a great time. Uh, this when's was the, when's ne- the last Sandler film they got a cinema release? Yeah, if you exclude uh, Gems, yeah, because it didn't the, really get a wide release. If you exclude Uncut Gems and the Hotel Transylvania's, it was. Pixels, I believe. Yeah, is that even a full Sandler thing, or is that like? No, that's not a. S- uh, is it a Billy Madison production? Like? I think it's a Billy Madison production. Is it? The only difference with Pixels is that it's directed by Chris Columbus, who's like a real director okay. and not one of Sandler's guys. But that's just because it's got loads of visual effects stuff. I think it's a Happy Madison. I mean, like, Kevin did he Lowe, write it? I. You know what? He might not. Have. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't consider that a. That's a no, film Sandler's yeah. in. Like, yeah, it's not no, a Sandler I, film. Well, if it's a Happy Madison production, I consider it a. Sandler. Yeah. Okay. No, it was written by Tim Hurley, who's like one of the gang. Okay. And it was made by Happy Madison Productions, as well as Chris mm. Columbus's company. See the lead in that. He's the lead. It's him, Kevin James, Peter Dinklage, Josh Gad, and Brian Cox. Brian Cox. We're gonna watch that. Oh, stop. that's one of the next three we're gonna do. Sure. Pixels is. Not as bad as I remembered when I watched it last. Oh, you year. hated it when you saw it. I hated it when I saw it. It has a couple jokes where like Josh Gad is like, "I want to buy a woman," basically. Oh yeah. That I found like that's just that's Josh Gad a lot of the time. Well, yeah. I guess my beef with Josh Gad, my number one enemy, blocks me on Twitter. Um, peaked around the t- 2015, but it's since calmed down, and now I'm a bit more tolerant of his thing. But anyway, um, this would never come out in the cinema today. This would be Netflix all the way. Yeah. And Al Pacino would probably not be in it. Um, because I don't think he would do this movie if it was a Netflix movie. They don't make comedies anymore for yeah. the cinema. Uh, this movie was released on November 11th, 2011. So the date on the poster is 11-11-11, which is pretty fun. That was the mm-hmm. day that... Uh, I remember that day really well because the inauguration of Michael D. Higgins happened that day. Oh, really? Yeah. First one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Of course. 
Um, the next thing is the Alex to Alex scale. We can obviously do two of these because we got two Sandler characters. So uh, Jack is freak breaks out into screaming a few times. Never murderous. Rage. Never murderous, but he's like, "Why are you so annoying?" Like that. But that's kind of sibling banter at the same time. I guess. Where it's not like... Okay, he's like... We're not even keeping track of the scale. He's no, not the scale, that I, it's not a scale. No. It's just like, who is it more like? <laughs> yeah. This is a stupid segment. we got to get rid of this. If we were keeping track, yeah, then maybe... Maybe we should we, rank. Maybe yeah, we should we'll create go, a little scale where we place them. Yeah, sure. We'll do that. I'll create a little... Yeah, we'll go back and we'll retroactively work. and just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I'll do that. Okay. And then Jill is like never angry. She just cries a lot and like gets up and leaves. Jill, an interesting depiction of a kind of very highly hypersensitive, uh, clingy person that I actually, in moments, I'm like, it's pretty interesting. Like, I know people like this. Her constant, like, you upset me again. Like, getting up, walking off, and everyone's like, ugh. Like, that's a that's a real, like, personality type that's not depicted yeah. in films. Generally, like. in real life, it takes less than what she endures yeah, exactly. to set she, it off. She's being horribly bullied for this entire film about yeah. her appearance and personality. And all uh, she's trying to do is be nice. That's the thing. Um, if this film was set in Ireland, she would be visiting from Cork. <laughs> She'd be from Cork. She'd have a thick Cork accident. She'd be visiting people in South Dublin. Uh, um, Cork, the Bronx of Ireland. Yeah. We did Wife Guys already. Uh, Katie Holmes is wasted in this. Uh, Could this work with Ben Stiller? No. I think Ben Stiller has like a prettier face and would look less weird as a woman. Granted, like, I will say, I think Sandler passes for a woman in this. I oh, yes, absolutely. I buy Jill completely. Yeah. But I think Ben Stiller actually just, like... He's a bit more... Is he more masculine in the face? Like, he's just kind of square. Ben Stiller's like, got, like, sharp features. Yeah. I feel like he would look less absurd, but also... Again, I think we've covered this before. Like, mm. Stiller can't do the characters that you laugh at. Yeah. He... He could he he he'd easily do the Jack character. He could easily yeah 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 he could easily do Jack. Mm-hmm. What if the movie was Ben Stiller as Jack and Adam Sandler as Jill? That'd work. That'd be fine. <laughs> uh, another joke we forgot to shout out was when um, David Spade shows up as a in drag again at the end, and he and uh, Jill is like, "I dated a movie star," and Dave David Spade goes, "Who? Rob Schneider? <laughs> Rob Schneider." At this point, not working with Sandler for a couple of years there, so uh-huh. I don't know how well that joke. Hit with Rob Schneider, but did he hold him ugly or like was it like no, someone I mean, ugly? Is it Rob Schneider? Thing? No, the joke is, or it's like what a real catch, like Rob Schneider. I don't know. Yeah. Like anyway, um, that's that's that joke. Uh, unusually, Jack and Jill was screened for critics in Ireland, but not in the United Kingdom. It was panned by reviewers. Mm. Um, this film was comically trashed when it came out, which I think is. Super unfair. It's much worse Sandler films. It's just an easy target because it looks and resembles the movie Norbit, which people got really... Like, Norbit kind of ended Eddie Murphy's run of goofy comedies, and I think that people hoped this would do... Although Norbit was, like, a hit, as was this. People kind of hoped this would do this. Maybe anti-Sandler people kind of hoped this would do the same for Sandler. I don't know. Because it's just nowhere near as bad as Norbit. Norbit's, like, really, really bad. Mm. Um... The movie won Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Actor, Worst Actress, Worst Supporting Actor for Al Pacino, uh, Worst Supporting Actress for David Spade, Worst Screenplay, Worst Screen Couple, Worst Screen Ensemble, and Worst Ripoff or Sequel um, at the Golden Raspberry Awards. Uh, also nominated but not winning were Nick Swarzen for Worst Supporting Actor and Katie Holmes for Worst Supporting Actress. Fuck off. Yeah, like <laughs> no, that's that's just oh, a fuck you. Um, that's just a hatchet job at that stage. Like stupid. where, uh, and Nick, Nick Swarzen isn't in the movie enough to deserve to be nominated there. But a year, Al Pacino is excellent in he's this. He's great in this. He's, he's so very good. good in this. And like Nick Swarzen is obviously a really bad actor, but like yeah. he's not in this that much. The thing is that uh, a year prior to this, he had made Bucky Larson, which the Razzies like gave every single award to. So, um, sorry, was a uh, David Spade got. He, worst supporting actors or actor. one worst supporting actress yeah do you fall into the actress category if you Golden Raspberries just make shit sure Sadler won worst actor and worst actress oh did he okay fair enough <laughs> the Razzies are stupid they just make this shit up yeah. um there's a section on the Wikipedia page called analysis which I have no interest in reading um anyway <laughs> stupid people um the movie's obviously dumb but um 
whatever. So load up that uh, that there box office. Oh yes. Now I will say the movie came out. 11, one, 11, 11. one week after Tower Heist, so this isn't going to be. Very, oh, really? This isn't going to be very interesting. What a what a time to be alive! What a time to be alive, right? Not in Ireland, it didn't. We could do the Irish box office. Oh yeah, sorry, sure. So we did the November twenty eleven box office for Tower Heist. So I think for this one, let's do the top movies of um, the month of February twenty twelve, which yeah. is when this came out in the UK. I can't find the specific weekend, so let's just do this. I went to see this the day it came out um, in Ireland. So did you see the first name on the list? Uh, I saw a couple names on the list, but I can't remember the order. So throw the clues out there, and I'll I'll see what I come up with. First one is the James Watkins film. I think I saw it. It's is it the Woman in Black? Yeah. Okay, right. Woman in Black. Woman in Black. Very big success in Britain and Ireland. Daniel Radcliffe. I guess was this kind of this beginning of his post Harry Potter? A, yeah, less than a year after Harry Potter. Yeah. Honestly, the I, Woman in Black probably his ninth biggest movie, right? I oh how much did it make? It made in like twenty five million it, here. It did really well in Britain. Like I, I feel like total gross thirty four. Eh, I just feel like it's the biggest thing he's been in outside of Harry Potter. Mm. Now you see Pro- me too. probably now you see me too probably up there. Ah, oh, but he's a lead in this. Yeah, that's the thing. Okay. It's kind of his biggest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Next up, you'll know this one. It's like you got to give me clues still. Otherwise, it's, it's one of your. They're your guys. It's one of my guys. No, your collection of felty guys. Oh, this is The Muppets. Yeah. Another weird November 2011 held over until February thing. Uh, oh, yeah. I want to see this like the same weekend. Like I remember me and my dad having to go to see three films this week because mm-hmm. there was such a packed week. We want to see The Muppets, Jack and Jill and Star Wars re-re- 3D re-release of The Phantom Menace. Uh, yeah, The Muppets is great. James Bobin's The Muppets just a good time yeah. next up probably not a good time um okay from visionary director josh trank chronicle chronicle i think chronicles is kind of depressing it's a found footage super villain origin story movie. okay michael b jordan dane dehan uh, josh trank actually quite a quite a likable character he made this then he got hired to do fantastic four with miles teller would this be michael b jordan's first film uh well friday night lights i'm first film maybe could be could be i wasn't aware of him before this josh trank though anyway made fantastic four bombed he kind of went away for a few years in hiding did a big interview Mm -hmm. there about two years ago in a magazine where he seemed like genuinely lovely and was like yeah i like they fucking ruined my life like, yeah i hate blockbusters fuck everything and i was like oh you seem like genuine anyway chronicle is just depressing i would never want to watch chronicle featuring but, featuring our good friend and uncle of mine michael kelly michael kelly <laughs> he's in that weird the thing about chronicle is like chronicle i don't really like but i do miss the times when i would go into school and people would be like have you seen the trailer for this movie chronicle which i remember i remember someone in my class being like have you seen the trailer for chronicle and me being like i don't know what that is like, God, imagine now kids in secondary school talking about a, a movie in the cinema unrelated to any IP that they were excited to see. Well, we're not kids anymore, so I wouldn't know. But, like, there just is no such thing. I don't think so. Kids would never be excited about a theatrically released film not connected to anything else. Yeah, like... like, a, like We a, are not in contact with a lot of kids. I just can't think of anything that has been a hit that would fit. Okay, yeah. horror aside i suppose yeah i guess there's horror that would i guess chronicle kind of is horror maybe i've disproved my own thesis anyway yeah but kids don't like that's the thing kids don't really watch tv anymore well they do they watch squid game no but they watch streaming oh they watch oh yeah so there's no ads on streaming oh yeah everything's streaming you don't yeah you don't see trailers they watch youtube and they watch streaming yes you see ads on tiktok though you see yeah i guess you see you things, scroll past them. Like, you, see, you don't really watch ads well on that advertising must work because something's getting to kids I mean, yeah. kids know that stuff's coming out Fair enough. Everyone knew Spider-Man was out, and everyone knew No Squid Game was out, so it's obviously working. Ads are within the apps. I mean, the ads are yeah, on I Netflix guess. itself. Like, all right. Next up, a one of our guys okay. won a won an Oscar for this. Um, is this The Descendants? Yeah. Oh right, I was like George Clooney's not really one of our guys. No, it's he Jim... also didn't win an Oscar for this. No, Jim Rash, Jim Rash did. did. 
Very funny that that's the thing that happened. Yeah. I think The Descendants is great. I like really? it a lot. I have it on Blu-ray. I have the book. Big fan. The director, Alexander Payne, not a great character, but um, Descendants is really good. Descendants has Shailene Woodley, Matthew Lillard, um, Bo Bridges. Just like a good film about, I don't know, like guy dealing with some stressful stuff. His yeah. Kids. I, 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 I really like The Descendants. I'd watch The Descendants again tomorrow. Like, really good film. Uh, Clooney deserved an Oscar for that. Well, no, to be fair, this year it should have been Pitt and Moneyball, but... Um, Tony had Ides of March this he had Ides of March as well time as well uh, but no they both they all lost they yeah. all lost to Jean Dujardin in The Artist yeah. one of the worst performances to ever win an Oscar really oh I mean that film is not even it's not even a real movie it's like a fucking TikTok like, <laughs> it's literally a TikTok they put a filter and some silly music and they went oh a film mm. anyway duet this duet this all right, next up we got probably one of the earlier films for one of the biggest of today's stars. Journey to the Mysterious Island. Yeah. Uh, never seen Big Spiders, No Interest, The Rock, yeah. Josh Hutcherson, Vanessa Hudgens, and Michael Caine. I did recently. Michael Caine's image on Letterboxd is him a long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like I don't know, I don't, why is he so young in that? Because young Michael Caine's pretty sexy, like. I guess. Uh, who directed that film? Brad Payton. He's one of the he's one of the rocks guys. He did San yeah. Andreas. He is San Andreas Rampage. He did Rampage. Rampage. Did you do Sky? No, Skyscraper was the other guy. Uh, Sky, I can't remember. Skyscraper was was Red Notice Man. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ross and Marshall Thurber. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's a real person, a real name. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't seen Journey Two, but Journey One I revisited with Brendan Fraser. I revisited a few months ago, and uh, very bad. Uh, but Josh Hutcherson is in both. Mm-hmm. Fair play to him. Sure, The Hunger Games came out about a month after this. So yeah. March 25th. Is so. he at work anymore? Or was he kind TV, of just... TV bits. When he's not young, he's not like... That he's was kind of his thing. a weird face. I guess. He looks like... he Him and like, rest in peace, Cory Monteith were a very 2012 brand of handsome young actor. And yeah. they got brushed off for the Chalamets and the Elgorts. Very quickly, I yeah. Like guys like Hutchinson's kind of round and cute. Not, well, they just have like they like, just have these very like I don't know stiff. Lips. He doesn't. He's not unlike Tom Holland in the face. No, he's not unlike Tom Holland, but Tom Holland's English. Yeah, I like Josh Hutchinson a lot in Bridget Terabithia and his other kind of like ten-year-old roles. But then yeah. when he was like sixteen, I'm like mm, I don't really care. Yeah, he doesn't do anything for me in the Hunger Games. He, I mean, the Hunger Games movies would objectively be better if a Chalamet type was playing that role. Mm. But whatever. Next up, yeah, I think a popular kids' book adaptation. Interesting. Uh, kids like young kids or like teens? Michael Morpugel? No. Oh, uh, War Horse. Yes. War Horse. Uh, yeah, don't give a shit. Yeah, I have nothing to say. No. Next up, Michael Sussy. Michael Sussy. Sussy. It's pretty sussy. Sussy, Susie. Susie. Uh, Rachel McAdams, Channing Tatum. The Vow. The Vow. I own a CD of The Vow soundtrack that I won in a competition. Mm. And a Blu-ray. No, I gave that away. I sold that to CEX. I never opened it. I've never seen The Vow. I think that, like, what, Jessica Lange is in it? There's like a there's like a, a good old Jessica Lange. Yeah. yeah, I don't give a shit about the vow. It's just a, a notebook type thing. Yeah, Chang Tatum really stopped the rom coms after this year. Was like he was in like eight movies this year. Really? Sure. Okay. Contagion was a couple months earlier. Is he still doing the? Oh, sorry. This wait. Yeah, is yeah. he in Contagion? No, he's not. No, no. This year he had this Jump Street, Magic Mike, Side Effects. Yeah, that was all the one year. Something else that I'm forgetting as well. Uh, anyway, yeah, a lot of stuff. Yes. G.I. Joe, no? That wasn't this year. That was 13. Side Effects was also 13. Yeah, G.I. Joe was the next year. Yeah. But yeah, he was just punching them out. And then this this year, he's in a movie called Dog. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I think I saw the, saw the trailer for that, actually. He's actually in a lot of stuff. He's doing the Sandra Bullock, Daniel Radcliffe thing as well. Ooh, okay. Honestly, like, he's kind of making a bit of a comeback. Okay, next up... Is an old film. Or is it? Is this Star Wars re-release? Yeah. 
Yeah, I just said I went to see that the same weekend as Jack and Jill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they started... Re- 3D release. So they released it in 3D, and they were like, we're going to release all the Star Wars in 3D. Mm. And then, six months later, Disney bought Star Wars. Okay. And they never did a single one again. This was the only one that ever happened. 3D re-releases died in 2012. And they started with episode one? Or were yeah. they just doing the prequel? Yeah. They were doing them in, like, in, in the George Lucas order, like, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, I thought episode four was, like, the very first one or something, no? Episode 4 was made in 1977, but George Lucas wants you to watch Episode 1 first, because it takes place first. Oh, sorry. Oh, does he? Okay. But... I wasn't... I'm not aware of... No one gives a shit about Star okay. Wars That's rules. That's why it's Episode 1. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Righto. Next yeah. up is a film with some old people in it. Uh, Best Exotic Mario Gold Hotel. Yeah. Banger of a film. Great film. Both of those? Very good. Hmm. Two very solid movies, yeah. Great music, Thomas Newman, Dev Patel. Oh, those films are good. Yeah. Tom Wilkinson, very good, very good. Next up. Yeah. The Oscar winner for that year. The artist. The artist. L'artiste. I went to the cinema a lot this month. I went to see The Artist in Newcastle. Yeah. And I remember everything that was out in Newcastle. The Woman in Black was out. The Marigold Mm -hmm. Hotel was out. Great time. Next one is a film I have seen. No way. I think it's Bruce Willis film. Okay. One of these ones that if I was to watch it in 2012, or I presumably watched it in 2014, 15 on TV. Yeah. It'd scare me. It scared me. It scared you. Yeah. And it's a Bruce Willis. I think it's Bruce Willis. I think it's a Bruce Willis. Uh, 2012. I don't know what this could be. So it's not a good day to die hard. That's a year later. Uh, nope. Sorry. This is a different film completely. All right. I'm pretty sure Bruce Willis is in the film by the same name. But this is a film... I've also seen on TV, and I just remember watching it, turning on like after twenty minutes, and finding it profoundly boring. What? It's it's kind of an. Give me a clue. Another clue. Give me like the third actor in it. The third actor. Yeah. The first lady. (laughs) Okay. Credited is Vera Farmiga. Yeah, Vera Farmiga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's got two big leads. Two big leads. Big now, big back then. Men. Yeah. Men, two men. Two men. And then Vera Farmiga. And Brendan Gleeson. Vera Farmiga and Brendan Gleeson. Well, it's not source code. Ah, uh, Brendan Gleeson. I think that takes place in South Africa for some reason. Or they're in South Africa at some point. in South Africa? What? I think this has a scene at like the World Cup in South Africa in what 2010 or something. What the fuck is this? It, fu- it sucks. From what I know. Um... Oh, Channing Tatum was also in Haywire this year, I just remembered. Uh, what? So one is big now and one was big back then. No, they're both big now. They're, they're both big. huge now. They're both huge. And one, yeah, they're both big back then as well. Like, they're they're big movie stars. Wahlberg? No. One's white, one's black. Denzel. Yeah. Reynolds. Yeah. Safe House. Yeah. Anton Fuqua directed it? Daniel Espinosa. Oh, he's doing the fucking Morbius shit. Oh, okay. That's him, yeah. Have not seen. Sounds bad. It does. I like Good poster, though. I remember being like... Yeah, it's like... Mm, appealing it's... premise. Mm, I want to see is there a Bruce Willis safe house. Of course Vera Farmiga's in that. Of course she is. Poor Vera Farmiga. Star of The Judge. Star of Disney Plus's original series, Hawkeye. And The Departed. There's definitely one where Bruce Willis plays a dude in a safe house. Sorry, it might be safe room. Mm, panic room. Panic room. That's Bruce Willis isn't in that. It's is Jodie it? Foster. That's a sort of flight plan type thing with Jodie Foster, Kristen Stewart, Jared Leto, Forrest Whitaker. David Fincher film. David Fincher, yeah. Panic room. No, no it's not panic room. Well, panic room terrifies me as well. Yeah, well, it's not as scary as flight plan. Yeah, but it's a similar like shadowy rooms. Remember room when room. we were talking about Jack and Jill? Yeah. No, I don't care. We're uh... there's some Bruce Willis film where yeah. he's like a hostage negotiator. It's called Hostages. Is it? Yes. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of Bruce Willis films where he's hostage. Negotiator. I don't know. It he just makes 26 films anywhere. Yeah, and some is... weird teens take over a house, and there's kids, and they have to hide. That and sounds very safer. scary. It's terrible. Well, there's... it's not terrible. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Well, there's a Bruce Willis like prop... <laughs> there's like a proper Bruce Willis film that got released that's called Hostages. Hostage, 2004, 2004, 2005. I remember the poster. 2005. For it. Okay. I remember the poster for it was in Extra Vision, Nakamura window, 
Yeah, this is it. Yeah. yeah, this is a real. I'll make sure never to watch it. Sounds scary. It is scary. Great poster. That's not the poster that was up in the extra vision window. No. The poster in the extra vision window was his face up close with like an orange gradient. Oh, okay. Anyway. Anyway, uh, what else? Next is Jack and Jill. Great. Finally, Jack and Jill. How much uh, does that make in the UK? Gross total says five million here. I don't know. I have no sense of scale of British box office. Neither do I. Who knows? I guess it's tw- And a woman in black is here at 34. What? Woman in black? Yeah. Oh, it has 34 million. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's like fine. Jack and Jill doesn't have like Adam Sandler's not as popular in Britain. Yeah. Like it's fine. All right, what else? There, Ghost Rider, Man on Ledge, The Gray. Oh no, I would have loved to guess Man on a Ledge. That would have uh. been so fun. You could have been like the person doing a thing. That would have been like, oh, that would have been okay, so I'll see. Is there any more uh, Man on a Ledge? Doing is a, thing. a film that I have seen. Yeah. Do I remember anything about it? No, I do not. Uh, okay, I'm trying to. Look. I'm looking for Man on Things here. Uh, what was the The Gray is The Gray. I met a man once. I won't. Exp- Say who is he that is. a Neeson film? That's a Neeson. Yeah. I met a man once who told me The Grey was his favorite film. Okay. And he was a, an adult man with children. Mm. Mm. And I still cite it every time he's brought up in conversation. What's wrong with that film? It's a weird film to say it's your favorite film. Okay. It's a 2012 January release Liam Neeson thriller with wolves. Being and in, in the snow. In the snow. It's just kind of weird to <laughs> like it that much. Okay. All right. The next, uh, the next one I noticed, okay. that's like, this will be our last one. Yeah. And features a guy you've seen live. Okay. So this is Chipmunk's Chipwreck. Yeah. This is the movie where he takes off yeah. the bird head. It's David Cross, star of the TV Station Eleven. Yeah. Okay. That's all. Shine. Shine. Thanks for tuning in to our Jack and Jill episode. I feel like I feel like it's been hours since we talked about Jack and Jill. Did we hit an hour? This is, no, fifty three. Pretty this is like a standard episode, yeah. yeah but even though I feel like we got a lot more points about Jack and Jill than we did yeah, other I films. Like we talked about Jack and Jill loads, but also haven't talked about it in a real Yeah, long. like the Madagascar episode feels like it was 10 minutes long. Right? It was it was shorter than this. Yeah, because we didn't have that in the dog like 30 something. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the thing, Madagascar, we spent 10 minutes on Madagascar and 20 minutes on Box Office. This, it was like 30, 20. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. Go watch Jack and Jill. It's not bad. It's really not. Nope. We'll be back next week with a Ben Stiller yep. film. Well, in a week or two. We can record once a week now. Whether we choose to is another question. Yeah. yeah. You can check out the show on social media. Tell your friends. Subscribe on Spotify. Do all that business. See you soon. Bye-bye. Good night.